0: Well, good evening friends. Welcome to the front porch. Pastor Chris here with you. Good to uh, be with you here tonight uh, on a sunny and uh, calm calm day uh, here in northwest Ohio. I know that uh, yesterday we had, at least here in northwest Ohio anyways, some pretty intense storms and uh, had an opportunity to drive through some of those yesterday. And wow, what, uh, what a just torrential downpour. We had, uh, according to our rain gauge, out back a little, little over. We're right at two inches of rain and I know a lot of that came at once, especially with the heavy winds. And uh, thankfully, there was just uh, minor damage—some trees knocked down in some some places. Uh, I know uh, someone in town had a tree fall into their house a little bit, but uh, uh, being worked on. And so, uh, thankfully, as far as I know, no injuries, and which is always good. But uh, but good to have you here with me, Pat. Good good evening to you, sister. Hope you're doing doing well up there in uh, in wonderful Bowling Green. You know, tonight I wanted to. Um, yeah, continue the kind of the conversation I started last night where, you know, in this life we live, this 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 world that we're surrounded with, uh, it, it so easily can sap our faith and really put, you know, cold water, if you will, uh, ice on the fire that is our faith. Right. When we, when we come to Christ, one of the things that happens is and and. I guess I'm referring to this maybe later in life when we really begin to understand our faith. There begins this fire kind of within our heart, a kindling, if you will. Um, John Wesley talked about that fire within his, within his spirits, within his heart. And, and you see it throughout history from, from various religious figures that a fire that drove them into a new place from the likes of Martin Luther who nailed... His theses to the to the door to John Wesley to Charles etc. Just throughout history, um, there, there's something that that kindles something within them, and it spurs them onto greater action. and And the truth, all of us have that within our faith. All of us have a, a fire that's in us that that gets burning. And the challenge is, over time, it, it slowly it dwindles away. It slowly becomes not as bright as it once was. And and, and so we began that conversation last night, and and I think I wanted to talk about tonight uh, this this concept of how do we get that fuel going, even today in our faith journey, uh, it can be exhausting in this world we live. And so so how do we how do we recharge that fuel, if you will? And so we're going to touch on that here tonight. Um, but before we do, I want to open up with a passage of scripture, um, particularly out of the thirty seventh psalm, and. Uh, in this psalm, it's a it's a psalm of promise, but it's um, it's twofold. The promise is that those who seek God will be I don't want to say rewarded, but will will have uh, oh shoot um, it, they'll have joy. I think that's probably the best way to put it. Will have joy and they'll have peace. These elements, right of of our faith that we are so certain of, but when we fail to follow god then it's a promise of disaster and that's what the psalm touches on tonight and so i, I want to in particular uh share with you verse five and six because i think it's really touching and, and in it it says this let me read it to you and it's tired commit your way to the lord trust in him and he will act he will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Now, now i want you to hear that for just a moment Commit your way to the Lord. Um, The psalmist is saying, remove or uh, roll away anything that gets in the way and and, and focus completely on God. Now, um, how does that play into our faith journey? How does that play into our uh, relationship with God? Well, one of the things that it does is, is when we think about faith, um, it's kind of an abstract thing, I guess you could say, and and for a lot of people, their faith is bound within a particular time frame, on a day, of a week, and and so all of our energy in that very moment is focused on Christ. For most people, that's worship. For most people, that might be, in addition to worship, might be a, uh, a study or, or something. But here the psalmist says, commit everything. It's really what he's saying, is is roll everything else away and have only God present. Only God is there. And in doing so, he will bring forth, and this is the righteousness part, as a light. He will bring forth prosperity. He will bring forth joy. He will bring forth uh, peace. All of these things that that come with a a trust in God, but he says it must be trust. In other words, it must be your faith that must do this, and it must begin with this. Uh, Jackie, Laura, good to see you too. Uh, Thanks for joining tonight. Um, And so we have to to look at it not as a a problem, I suppose, but more of an opportunity. So so we think about our relationship with Christ. What does this mean? Well, Christ wants to extend his authority over every aspect of our lives, not just maybe our uh, work life. I mean, everything from work to school to family to grocery shopping to uh, vacation to uh, time alone. Uh, you name it, right? It's there. Christ is overriding every aspect, every decision that we make. It must be focused on God we cannot confine God to one moment of the week one day of the week two days a week Uh, we don't divide God up and say well this is my God time this is my work time this is my 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 home time it's God and then these other things God is kind of that umbrella over it all because you see God isn't worried just about what's happening in the world. God only really, I mean, only really cares about is your spirit, your soul. He wants to be completely in your life, not part-time. And, and I think if we begin to divide our life up by, by this, by this sense of, I'm going to put God in a specific place in my life. I'm going to carve out this time for God. I think we, we, Open ourselves up to the possibility, then, of forgetting God in the other places. Well, my God time is here, so so I don't need to worry about God on these these days or moments of my life because I have my God time over here. But instead, what we what we must do is keep Christ part of every aspect of our lives. Uh, Jim, no worries, my friend. You are right on time. Um, so. So what keeps Christ from being part of everything of your life? Every moment, every decision, every conflict? Because, and maybe maybe for you, it's a question not of this, but maybe it's a question of do you want to be in control? Or do you want to let God be in control? Al, Dinah, good to, good to have you too with us as well um because because we we realize I think at some level Christ wants to be in control wants to have authority over our lives and and once we begin to realize that it kind of scares us a little bit because we realize certain decisions we make certain moments we do things is is we haven't been living up to that standard that Christ sets and so we kind of I do not say beat ourselves up but but give an excuse to saying well if I don't if I don't spend time with Christ today, that's okay, because I'll make it up another time. But the truth is, we don't make it up, because all we do is shift things around. Shift things within, our, within our, our path. And so we are hesitant to give Christ rule in every aspect of our lives. And this is what I think the psalmist points to here. When he says, commit yourself, commit your way to God. Trust in him and he will act. In other words, place your faith in God and God will respond. And he will bring forth your righteousness as the light. In other words, when God begins to act in your life and he will act, that is the promise when we commit Christ to the center of our lives. He will act and he will bring forth justice. He will bring forth that which is good, which is the light of Christ. This is what he points to here. And, and so we don't have to worry about anymore. Are we going to be successful? We don't have to worry about will we uh, rise up to the challenge? Will we overcome a moment in life because it is all being handled by God and that we will journey through it. It's promised. We will reach the other side. It is promised, and it will be good because it is promised. And I and I and I know for a lot of us that can be a, a, just a struggle, especially when we uh, you could say hit rock bottom, if you will, uh, or at least we've told ourselves it's rock bottom. There's probably more the truth, right? Uh, because we we look at our lives and we have set uh, earthly expectations. I'm gonna reach this point in life. I'm gonna accomplish these things. I'm gonna establish these things and and we fall short. And so we become very frustrated, very empty. And we begin to wonder how do I return to that place of joy? But the problem is we focused on the wrong area of our lives Instead instead of Christ, we focused on worldly selfish desires. And it's hard. I mean, it, it's difficult. Let's let's call it like it is, right? We we live in a in an era, and a time where we're busy. We we are uh, constantly going from from A to B to C to D. It, it's a frantic life, and we never just take a deep breath and sit back and just just pause. And and the truth is, maybe we sometimes are not busy enough. And and we end up being more open to the dangers of what uh, it might mean to have Satan in our lives. And I think the other aspect of that is we've become an entertainment culture. I want to be entertained. If I'm not entertained then I can't have that as part of my life and it's a, an illusion uh, entertainment or marketing as i like to think sometimes is, is really just allowing us to check out instead of check in it's allowing us to uh, uh, justify being overly busy because we we are trying to achieve that entertainment goal we've set for ourselves we become bored or restless because it's not living up to our expectations This Jesus doesn't meet our entertainment goals, so therefore we're going to search for another Jesus. And the truth is, it's the same one. We end up losing the joy and the peace that God gives because we think we'll find it in these temporary things that exist, and we never do. And yes, we we have them. And please don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying go to ball games. I'm not saying you know, and enjoy time with family and friends. I'm not saying any of that, but but that can't be our driving force. Our driving force must be our relationship with Christ. And the more we journey in that relationship, the more we discover about both ourselves and about him. I, I don't think any of us, any of us at all, are so overwhelmed so busy that we can't have Christ in our lives every day, every moment of our lives. Because if we do, then time leans into circumstances, which those circumstances begin to control us. And if we don't like to be controlled, then we're in a cycle of of suffering. Now, I say that, but it's also an acknowledgement that time does change us physically, limit us ability-wise at times, but doesn't mean we can't still have Christ at the center. Because even if the circumstances of our physical ailments prevent us from doing that which we once did, it doesn't mean we can't continue to journey with, with Christ, because Christ doesn't require anything other than having Him at the center of everything we do, from decisions to how we interact with each other, to how we work in the world, to how we observe the world, observing it through the lens of Jesus. Yes, there are things that will upset us. There will be things that, that beat us down. But if you can find time with Jesus on a daily basis, and if you begin to look at the world through the eyes of Christ every day, begin to have a fuel, a power that is undescribable. I, I want to encourage you in that. I think uh, one of the things I discovered a long time ago, and I'm just as guilty of it as anyone, is is that if you f- spend time in devotion, if you spend time in prayer, and if you spend time in, in, in either study or some spiritual centering, you begin to find and discover that doing that every day, it becomes secondary nature. And yes, you get tired. And yes, you tell yourself you need to break it. So you, you put it off to the side for a day because you have 40 other things you want to get done. But there's something special and unique that when we when we just open up our Bible, and, I, and I'm not saying open it up and understand what you're reading, but open up and just read. And then pray about what you're reading. Ask God to give you some insight into what you're reading and Ooh, man, some days it'll just blow your mind. It will, because this is how I think God works in our lives. And so, so we have to decide, we have to make that conscious choice to have Christ at the center of what we do. You need to step and say, today is the day. Today is the moment that I'll begin to look at the world through the eyes of Jesus. I'll see the world with compassion, with fairness. I'll look at the world and I'll see the pain and suffering below the surface that seems to be of joy. And when I see that, I'll, I'll reach out, I'll call out, call upon the name of Jesus to help guide me in my steps and guide me who's walking alongside those around me. And I'll do it without reservation and I'll do it without recognition. because as Christ calls us to live. And there'll be those that'll judge you. There'll be those that'll throw stones. But if Christ is truly at your center, and they can throw all the stones they want, they can call you all the names they want, because none of it matters, because at the center of everything is Jesus, the great protector. And I know there's a lot of you who have that need tonight a need for a protector. I mean, it's in Jesus, in Christ. I want to encourage guys to look, seek and to find Christ at the center of everything you do and think. Every moment, every breath, the sun rises, sunset. Because it is in that, in that moment, when you accept that joy, accept that peace that God only can give, You have a fuel fire in your belly, fire for something that is only the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So I want to leave you with this tonight. Before you go to bed, ask yourself this: Is my fuel for Jesus? Is my fire? It's deep in my belly. Is it raging, or is it puttering? And if it's puttering, if that's your answer, don't be dismayed, be encouraged. Maybe God's trying to tell you, it's time to put another log on that fire. It's time to take that next step. Let us pray. Lord be with you. Loving Father, tonight here on this front porch, I give thanks to you, Lord. I give thanks for the grace and the peace that is found in your son, Jesus. I know, Lord, that, that as I pray for my dear brothers and sisters, for myself, I ask for mercy and strength. I ask for compassion and guidance. As for your love. For, Lord, we we, we at times think that the, it is the worldly junk that will feed our souls, and we quickly realize that it doesn't feed our souls. It only it gives us that temporary high to get through the moment. But it is your spirit, Lord, that truly impacts all of us. And so, Lord, let us look towards that spirit tonight. Let us look towards that, that precious gift you've given to us in your Son, Jesus. This I ask before you, for myself, for all those joining with me tonight, and for the many others who are out there looking, looking for that permanent permanent fire. All this is in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. 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 So friends, look in the mirror tonight. Ask yourself. Do you have a raging fire for Jesus? Or, I look forward to joining with you again tomorrow right here on the front porch. But until then, may God bless and keep you in this may you see the face of Christ wherever we go. Good night from the front porch. I'll see you tomorrow.